Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hello, my name is Mike. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, and of all the times, I mean, there aren't that many times, but of all the times I've been asked to speak, this was the, I was the most tempted ever to say, no, I'm not qualified. I can't do it. I shouldn't. I mustn't. I'm a bad, I'm a bad OA. Um, And of course, I know what I would say to someone who said that, um, which is we need to know, we need to hear all about that. (laughs) Um, It will be helpful. So as, uh, as much as it's hard to, to be here um, under those circumstances, I'll just, uh, I mean, I'm just really, really grateful. And uh, up to the moment of getting the message about this, I wasn't feeling grateful. Um, and uh, I think that's the thing that, uh, it's one of, the, one of the real sad things about struggling with food is um, it's not just when I, that I start struggling with the food, it's that I lose, um, you know, I guess because of food, but also all my addictive and compulsive behaviors I've struggled with in my whole life. Um, as soon as I'm, as soon as I'm, you know, dancing with that gorilla, um, I am, I'm sort of part of me is losing hope and, uh, and becoming more and more and more self-involved and more self-judging and, it's just very sad because, you know, between that message and now I've repeatedly reflected how for the last several days, I've been feeling bad about myself as a, as a food addict, as a, as a compulsive overeater. And, you know, three steps away from me, from the point of view of anyone else, um, you know, I'm a person who used to be almost 400 pounds and, I'm a person who used to eat, you know, a massive amount of ice cream and a massive amount of, you know, Oreos in a 15 minute period while driving. And uh, I didn't do any of those things this week and I haven't done any of those things in a long time. And, you know, I, I, I wish I could hold on to how fortunate I am and, uh, you know, whether I'm struggling or not, because my struggles just aren't the same as they used to be. Um, but I can tell you, it's pretty textbook what's gone on. Um, I went on a vacation and tried to come up with a plan that was, uh, kind and gentle. And, uh, but, you know, for years and years, I would never go on a vacation without at least taking some literature with me, um, or planning to go to some kind of a meeting. Um, I'm also in a few other 12-step programs. I'm also in two other 12-step programs. I've been in more than that, but, um, and I didn't. I just, I just, I took a vacation from my oxygen tank, which is crazy. I took a vacation from program. And, um, you know, I I know better, um, but I, you know, I, basically what happens is I, I do not eat, sugar and flour 
at least I don't eat I don't eat um, processed sugar and I don't eat things that are primarily sugar. I do eat savory foods with with sugar in the ingredients somewhere down the line. Yeah, but what but when I start to let when things start to go awry, it's it's about quantity and behaviors. And um, you know, I gave myself permission to do that on this on this uh, vacation, and then got back and. Uh, I was dancing with the gorilla, you know, I couldn't stop. I couldn't. And I was, you know, to the point where even this morning, knowing I was going to speak today, I started it at various moments planning what I was going to, how I was going to go off plan later. You know, ah, not yet, not ready yet. And um, I really don't want to do that right now, talking to you. Um, it doesn't feel good. It feels a little bit good in the moment, but not the way it used to. Um, so, so rambling on about all that, let's see. Um, today, I am I have been abstinent uh, from the beginning to to now. I had my abstinent breakfast, and um, and I have the choice to reach for program for the rest of the day, make calls, because um, uh, I know I know, already know what's going on today and. If if I don't take action, I you know it's it's 50-50, you know. Um, so here I am committing to everyone here that I will I, I want to take action. I want to be texting my people. Um, so how did I get to be uh, that that guy in his mid twenties who was almost 400 pounds? Um, uh, I grew up uh, with the sense that I was smart and nothing else. And um, my mom decided, you know, when I was an adult, she decided that she was a sugar addict and did some program stuff and tried to get me to do it. And I was like, <laughs> hmm. um, but um, but I definitely have the, you know, I'm I'm genetically predisposed. Uh, I've I've been, you know, anxious and uncomfortable all my life. Uh, I have a very late late diagnosis. At 48, I was diagnosed with ADHD. And it sort of made everything make a lot more sense for my entire life up to that point. Um, it's a uh, it's a very anxiety-producing way to walk around in the world, not being able to control what what you pay attention to, um, and especially within relationships, because you people you the more you care about the person you're talking to, the more anxious you are, and the more likely you are to be distracted and send the message that you don't care because you didn't hear what they said. And that's makes makes me that made me quite the introvert, um, and the alcoholism made it worse. Um, I've been sober for since two thousand three, um, and I've been in OA for about a decade, something like that. Um, so um, anyway, just lots of discomfort. And first, uh, first I got comfort from food, and um, was very food centric. Um, it got a little bit exacerbated because my mom for a while was a, like a super health food nut. Um, I wouldn't actually call it a nut. She was, it was great. You know, now as an adult, I'm like, wow, she was really ahead of her time. Um, but that made me like, as soon as I was in the world and I had my own money, I was just like, candy. Um, and, uh, so by the time I was, uh, at the end of high school, I was starting to have like stretch marks um on my sides and i didn't know what they were 
but I, but I exercised so much that I didn't gain a lot of weight, but as soon by the time I was like 19, I wasn't doing any sports or anything at all. Um, I was starting to drink and I ate the same way I had always eaten. And I just gained weight very, very, very quickly. Um, and, uh, I also think that became worse because there was a period when I was, um, using speed to try to lose that weight. And when I stopped, it got much, much worse when uh, my, my weight, my, my body just ballooned. And to me, uh, I'd had sort of what I believe is body dysmorphia. I don't, I, I don't know if it technically qualifies, but I've definitely, I definitely look in the mirror and I see something much more hideous than I think anyone else sees. Um, and that's been true, you know, what, whatever size I was from a very young age. Um, and I was just always wrong. My body was just wrong, wrong, wrong. And um, part of my recovery now is I thank it. <laughs> I did it, went on a hike and uh, just this, this uh, on the vacation, and at the end, I was like, hey, my knees started to hurt. And, um, but they got me through this whole hike. I was like, hey, thanks, knees. Um, so whatever. Um, anyway, so um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot going on. There's ADHD and there was also PTSD, which turns out those things can easily go hand in hand. Because if you can't, if you can't keep yourself, if you can't decide where you focus your attention, then your ability to not spin on traumatic events is reduced. And so you're, you're the perpetuation of trauma of people. Re-experiencing re trauma uh, is exacerbated. And so I was, I really struggled with PTSD, the full on like, can't think straight, don't know what's happening, thought I was insane. Um, and I didn't get that started to work out until I was in my late twenties. So. Um, alcohol really fixes that very quickly. And then there's other problems and food actually helps too. Um, in the moment, unfortunately, the problem with food, you know, drugs and alcohol, there's like, you do them. And then there's this period of being okay. And with food, the only time I'm actually getting help is when it's going into my mouth. So I have to just keep eating if I'm going to be doing it for those reasons. Um, so, um, in, you know, by my late twenties, I, I was, uh, no, I got sober when I was 34, actually, it took me 12 years trying to get sober in AA. And I was pretty sure by the end that I was one of those people who can't, and it was very scary. I thought I was going to die. Um, I actually had a romantic image of myself, uh, in my late thirties, passing away quietly in my own apartment all by myself, 500 pounds or so playing guitar and wishing everyone knew what a pretty voice I had. Um, and, uh, I was like, that'll, that'll, that'll probably be it. Um, and, uh, but life let me get sober and, um, you know, AA and a higher power that I don't understand, let me get sober. And that was the beginning of a journey of all kinds of recovery. Um, that was the, the entryway and, you know, I had to come to OA and realize that I do know some things about the 12 steps, but I don't know how to recover from food addiction, from compulsive overeating. And so I had to come and, you know, be determined to be teachable. 
Um, I've said before, I'm super grateful to this particular meeting because this is the meeting where I really brought my my whole self for the first time to to almost anything, um, even even AA. I was never quite because when I when I couldn't deal with people, I wouldn't leave the meeting. I would leave the group and I'd go to the corner of the room and like sit on the floor or lie on the floor. Nobody cared. And um, and I also uh my adhd brain um certain kinds of phone games you know like fidget tools for kids it like it, it's like it uh it it lifts a, a a barrier between me and the hearing what people are saying um sometimes when i'm off camera on zoom meetings it's because i'm playing pinball on my on my tablet so i can hear it's really intense like i actually i mean emily's seen me do it um, sorry, that's crosstalk. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm watching, but not hearing, and I get really frustrated. And then I go, oh, 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 and then I just grab the tablet and start playing something that doesn't have any verbal, any, you know, any words in it. Can't play word games, and suddenly it's like, da, 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 da. I can hear what they're saying. It's just crazy. It's, it's, it's kind of wonderful. But I, and that was the first meeting where I started like just saying, I have to do this, sorry. And like making sure it wasn't distracting to anyone, but playing my games and lying on the floor and being me. And that allowed me to stay long enough that I started to get recovery and with food too. Um, I think the, um, you know, I, I often don't talk about the steps. Um, I think that the step work is the key to <laughs> any 12 step program. Um, the systematic removal of the, the things I'm ashamed of, because the things I'm ashamed of are the things that that I, I, I have to run from. Um, and I'm 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 pretty terrified of of the experience of shame. And it's pretty stunning. The 12 steps turn me from a person who walked with his head down because I couldn't bear to catch anyone's eye, because uh, they would see, I would know that they were seeing me and I was both hideous physically and, um, and no good. You know, um, I was worried that I was a bad person and, um, the steps allowed me to do the best I could, the best that any human being can to make wrongs right. Um, and that's a pretty tall order, which is why that's nine steps to do that. Um, and you don't do that all at once. You do them one at a time and you do them with, uh, with other people. Um, because if I try to, I can't see myself clearly enough. Uh, I'll, I'll make a mess of it and I'll make things worse instead of better for myself and others. Um, but, um, yeah, I did the steps and I discovered that the world is a beautiful place because I lifted my head and I wasn't afraid to be seen. And I actually noticed for the first time that I was, I would go into meetings and people would be happy to see me. And, you know, I honestly was like, really, <laughs> have you met me? And they had, and I'm all right. I'm actually pretty nice. Um, it's funny. I'm a little tearful. Um, thank you. I see that. So, um, and so that's where it all starts. I don't think I could stay sober. I don't think I could avoid compulsive behaviors. I mean, they're all I had to escape 
uh, you know, this certainty that I was no good and, and should be alone. And, um, and uh, the steps allowed me to show up in the world. And, you know, it's what I say to sponsees now, like, it, you know, you, you, it's the, no one can undo things that they've done, but we can all do our best to try to make it right. And once you've done that, you've done, you know, everybody's done wrong. And the only thing anyone can do is, you know, try to make amends. And when you've done that, you're as good a person as a person can be. Hopefully you don't keep just making a mess all the time. Um, but some of us do, and we try to do it. Uh, all of us do a little bit. Anyway, because um, I know what all people do. Sorry, that's a little crazy. Um, uh, so anyway, the, the, you know, fast forward, um, I've gotten to a place where I have had to, in order to, in order to recover from food uh, addiction, from compulsive overeating, um, uh, in order to begin to even, um, I had to learn a lot of things. I had to learn like, what, what is a serving? Um, what is it like to eat? meals at meal times. And so for me, it's been really important to, to do these sort of intense, um, I don't think it's right for everybody, but, but, you know, these a really intense, you know, sort of very strict food plan for at least a while, sort of, you know, sort of cleared my, my complete unawareness of what food could be like, you know, what is a healthy relationship to food? I have no idea. And, um, but now I, I feel like actually I do. And the, the true glory of that after a decade or whatever it's been here is it got, I got really strict and I started to be able to, to loosen up and it started to, I started to feel like, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a lunatic who had to be like tied down in order not to, not to harm himself. Um, I could actually, uh, have a gentle food plan. Um, you know, there, like I said, for me, there are red, red, there's a red line I don't cross, which is, you know, at the moment I don't eat bread and I don't eat desserts, you know, sweet, you know, primarily sugar things. Um, and, um, I don't eat pasta, white flour stuff. And, and, you know, then there's the, the, the yellow areas, which, I'm hoping, you know, over time, I'll get more and more able to just step away from. Um, I mean, that's what I just learned this last week or two is, is I, I, I had stopped eating dairy because I found out I really do act very addictively with, uh, with cheese. And um, that was hard. I was like, really? You know, but like everything else, after a little bit, the freedom was more, worth more to me than the uh, cheese. <laughs> um, and, uh, but on this trip, I started eating cheese and I started eating um, some fried things. And those are very compelling to me. And for me, I was dancing with the gorilla again. And, you know, if I can hold on to this thing, get back to the no dairy and, uh, you know, no tortilla chips, um, uh, I will be a happier person. Um, and I'll be more useful to others and I'll be kinder to my family because I will be less caught up in feeling bad. 
Um, and uh, so real quickly, what does my program look like when I am uh, doing it well? I have reminders on my phone to pray at 10 a.m. Um, and uh, I try to do morning and night. And I think that's really important. I don't know what I'm praying to, but but whether it's, you know, spiritual placebo effect or actual, you know, a higher power that's actually some sort of entity, uh, I get help when I ask for it. Um, that's a key thing. And um, I, uh, I have a text support group that uh, I text what I'm having for dinner just before dinner. And I have basically the same set of things. They all know what my breakfast and lunches are. There's like a, a menu of things that I choose from. Um, and unlike some, some people couldn't deal with it being so much the same all the time. I, I like that actually. Um, and um, okay, that's it. Let me, let me finish this last little bit up. Um, so uh, I don't eat in between meals. Um, and, uh, I do actually weigh and measure periodically to make sure my, cause there's sort of a, there's sort of a portion creep <laughs> and, uh, but rather than being like, I have to weigh everything, you know, which I used to need to do now, I, I feel safe, like going, ah, oh, this seems a little big. I'm going to get out the scale. And, um, but the number one, most important thing for me is to be interacting with you folks. And that is the most clear thing that I let go of on this vacation and then was struggling. And so it's so such a wonderful program thing that I was invited to speak today and just like pulled back in, you know, in spite of myself, here I am. I knew I was gonna be pulled back in because I'm the secretary usually, <laughs> but this is better. So I hope this is helpful to somebody. I am uh, really lucky to be here and have some choice in what I do about me and my relationship to food. And thank you everybody. <laughs>